Greetings people of my God. Welcome to midweek Lenten worship here at Chapel of the Cross. And uh, we welcome you here in the building. We also welcome those who are worshiping with us online. As I always do, I remind you that you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. And there you can find under the resources tab the bulletin for the service and follow along with us there. You may also click on the give tab and give your offering to the, to the Lord and his church at that spot too. Our theme, as you remember, maybe for, for these Lenten midweek services, focus on the hands of the passion. And each week we're looking at a different set of hands we, that we find in the Lenten story. Today we look at Simon Peter and we look at his hands of misguided zeal. So we wish you God's blessings as we worship this evening. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, If Thou But Trust in God to, God to Guide Thee, that's printed for you in your bulletin on page 2. And we stand to sing it together.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents from sending calamity. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 37, do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. 
He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, in this changing world, we look to you as our unchanging rock of refuge and hope. Hear us as we plead for your mercy and grant us your saving grace and protection. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from the Passion History from Luke 22. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour, when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away, and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. servant here in your love remember not my sins in the waters of your grace wash me clean of all disgrace 
raise me up to life from death and fear. I know my deeds, I know my faults and failings well. I have sinned and broken faith with you. For the wrong that I have done, my transgressions every one. God, your judgment would be just and true. You long for truth, for wisdom dwelling deep within. Teach my heart to long for wisdom too. Wash me clean and give me voice, so these bones you crushed rejoice. Turn my heart from sin to life in you. Create in me a clean and righteous heart, O oh God. Put a willing spirit in my soul. Let me sing with joy anew the salvation found in you. Singing praise to you made me whole. Singing praise to you who We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be, would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Together we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Peter. Of the four gospel accounts that record what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane on that Holy Thursday, only John identifies Peter as the disciple who grabbed his sword and gashed the right ear of the high priest's servant. But if John had omitted that little detail, if the disciple who was responsible had gone unnamed in all four of the gospels, if you had been left to guess the identity of the guilty party, it is possible to imagine that your initial reaction would have been, that sounds a lot like Peter. Simon Peter was one of the Lord's first and closest followers. He was always a little brash, ambitious, and bold. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing. When Jesus asked the 12 who they thought he was, it was Peter who confessed, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Jesus approached the disciples in the boat, walking on water in the middle of the night, Peter was the only one to jump in the water and walk out to meet him. And in the upper room, after Jesus predicted that all of the disciples would fall away, Peter was the first to pledge that he would rather die than to disown his Savior. But there are other occasions where Peter's react-before-you-think attitude didn't serve him so well. Shortly after Peter had made his bold confession of faith, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, he took Jesus aside and tried to convince him that going to Jerusalem and dying on a cross should not be part of the Messiah's mission. Do you remember how Jesus addresses Peter and responds to him with that rebuke? Get behind me, Satan. Time after time, we see Peter relying on himself to make sure that nothing happens to Jesus. And in doing so, Peter often puts himself above Jesus. Peter tries to accomplish his own plan, his own will, rather than to trust in the one who he had followed for the last three years, the one who he had confessed to be the savior of the world. And it plays out again this same way in our story tonight. We know why Jesus' enemies came to the garden. They hated him. They were armed with swords and clubs because they intended to arrest him. But Peter wielded his weapon for a different reason. He loved Jesus. He wanted Jesus to know that he was serious about keeping his promise, that he would give up his life for him. Peter was full of what seemed to be righteous zeal. But it was this zeal that turned out to be misguided. We can relate to this, at least to some extent. I know I can. You and I, we love Jesus too. We become upset, even angry, when we see how God's word and God's will and God's story of salvation are ignored and ridiculed in our world. We want to do something about it. We want to protect Jesus. We want to defend Jesus. And those are good and godly impulses. But we need to be careful that we don't go too far that we ourselves don't do something that goes against God's word. We need to make sure we don't go too far so that we ourselves don't become guilty of having hands of misguided zeal. Besides identifying Peter as the disciple who assaulted Malchus, only John reports something else that happened that night, something that clears up 
any confusion about who was in control of the situation in the garden. And it wasn't the Jewish officials or that small army of soldiers who had come to arrest Jesus. Instead of hiding in the shadows or heading for the hills, Jesus goes out to meet his would-be captors. And the one who knew everything that was about to happen also knew the answer to the question that he asked them. Who are you seeking? They wanted Jesus. They'd been wanting to get rid of Jesus for a long time. And the only reason this attempt would be successful is because Jesus' time had come. What happens next is pretty amazing. Jesus declared, I am he. And when Jesus announced that he was the man that they were looking for, they drew back and fell to the ground. Without raising his hand, without lifting his finger, Jesus demonstrated divine power with his powerful word. But Jesus wasn't finished yet. Even though he was vastly outnumbered, he was the one that was giving the orders. Even though he would have the right to defend himself, he was more concerned about the welfare of his followers. He told the crowd, if I'm the one you're looking for, let these others go, making good on his promise to protect his own. And Peter was right there, taking it all in. And understandably, really, he failed to see that Jesus was in total control of the whole situation. And Peter decided to take matters into his own hands. Without any warning, he drew his sword and he struck the ear of the high priest's servant, cutting it off. Hands of misguided zeal. What was Peter thinking? It's quite likely that he wasn't thinking at all, right? He saw his friends surrounded by hostile men who wanted to harm him, and his instincts and his emotions took over. But I think there's something deeper that's going on here. Peter, the brash, ambitious, and bold disciple, again tries to take control of the situation. He had pledged that he would defend Jesus to the death. He had convinced himself that this was going to be his night where he would give up his life. He could see that his Savior needed help. And in spite of the odds, he was coming to rescue him. Now, there's nothing wrong with helping a friend who's in need, except for that Jesus doesn't need any help. Because Jesus is true God. He is omniscient. He knows everything. He is omnipotent. He controls everything. And yet, as St. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus doesn't grasp on to this equality with God, but he humbles himself, becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. 
Jesus exercises control over the situation, not by defeating those who threatened him, but by forgiving them. Jesus overcomes this horrific scene, not with hands of misguided zeal, but with hands of forgiveness, with hands of healing, as he touches and heals Malchus's ear. Christian friends, I'm like Peter. I struggle with this type of thing all the time. I think that I know what's right, what Jesus must want for my life and for this world, and I often try to exercise authority in Jesus' name over different situations. I even question the decisions of other leaders, whether our governmental leaders, school leaders, even church leaders. I often think I have it all figured out, but too often I end up gossiping or undermining people rather than lifting them up. Yes, I struggle with this all the time. I mask my faithfulness in Christ as an excuse to cling to control in situations. And while I've never taken up a sword and struck the ear of another, I can often act with hands and with a mind and with a mouth of misguided zeal. The problem is in the pronouns, right? I think, I know, I want, I act. We don't have to wield a sword to be able to identify with Peter. You probably don't have to try too hard to remember times in your life where your actions or your thinking was misguided. Yes, God wants God-fearing leaders. Yes, God wants healthy churches. Yes, God wants Christians to be filled with godly zeal. But putting our faith into practice isn't always about overtly exercising authority. Putting our faith into practice is about submitting to Christ, to his will, to his control, even when things seem out of control. Because when we look to Christ, instead of Peter, or instead of ourselves, we see hands not of misguided zeal, but hands of willing submission and empowered vulnerability. The cross, not the sword, brings forth God's will. The cross, and not the sword, brings forth God's will the cross. Jesus' death on the cross for you, for your forgiveness, and for the forgiveness of the whole world. Jesus' outstretched hand, the very hand that healed Malchus, the very hands that were pierced for your transgressions. 
Jesus's outstretched hand, loosening the grip on your sword, on your need for control. A few weeks ago here at chapel, we sang the spiritual, he's got the whole world in his hands. And he does, amen, right? He does. He's got you and me and our mamas and our daddies and our sisters and our brothers and our friends and our neighbors and our leaders and our enemies in his hands. But the hands that hold the whole world are not the hands that rule with an iron fist. They're not the hands that wield some divine sword of authority. No. We see in Jesus that these hands that hold the whole world are hands of humility, hands of healing, hands of hope and forgiveness and life. So we, too, as forgiven disciples of Jesus, we live as his disciples in this world. We live with hands that are open, with compassion, with healing, with generosity, with vulnerability, with graciousness, with hope, with peace. That is God's will for this world, accomplished not through the hands of misguided zeal, but through hands of outstretched humility, outstretched submission. Jesus has the whole world in his hands not in mine. Thank goodness. And we look to him, to his will, to his work, as that which guides our paths and our hands to justice and mercy and peace. May it be so for his sake and in his name. Amen.
Please stand as you are able for the prayer of the church. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon, with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and take them to heart, that by the patience and comfort of your Holy Word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Together we pray Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. And I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve you. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together. Thank you.